I watched Aquaman. <laughs> and I forgot how good that movie is. Did you like it? Uh, it was weird. Cheers. Cheers. Some of the action sequences were bonkers, but like, like what is it when they're diving into the the big like dark like, abyss thing? All those weird monsters are just oh the trench monsters. The trench, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. I've never seen anything quite like that. But like twenty minutes into the movie, an octopus is pulling the drums. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is this movie? <laughs> I I'll go, man. I uh, the Jason Jason Momoa is so damn likable. Like, he, yeah, he seems cool. He's just like. I, I, I don't know. And Nicole Kidman's in it? Nicole Kidman's pretty badass. Like that when she's beating up all those sea monsters in the in the lighthouse or whatever. And then uh, I think someone like is it not Judy Dench, it's um Oh, it's uh Sound of Music. Yeah, it's Mary Poppins or whatever. Right? Yeah. Um not Garland, is it? No, it's, it's she was in Princess Diaries too with <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> Julie Andrews. There you go. She plays the Kraken. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, why would? Why did she do that? <laughs> Man, the the Kraken did because of that. I feel like it did have like a gravitas to it, which yeah. In the final battle, when the, the Kraken comes up and like, uh huh. I've only seen it the one time, dude. I was rock hard the entire. Time. <laughs> I watched Endgame again last night. How was it? Speaking of being rock hard. <laughs> It's still good, man. That's great. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen the people that did like um, on New Year's when they did like the I, I'm Iron Man? Yeah, they sync up the movie with. Yeah, they had better luck than we did when I tried to do it with Phil Collins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what else did I see with people syncing up stuff? Um, oh, I thought I don't know something else. Uh, man. Um. I still haven't seen Far From Home. Oh, um, yeah, it's good. It's on Amazon or whatever, but... Is it? Uh, wait, to, to, to rent for $11. Oh. It'll be on Disney Plus in, soon, I'm sure. Are you caught up on that Mandalorian? No, I watched, like, three episodes. I don't know. But whenever I'm home and about to pop something on, I just... I don't know. I go for my new girl. Oh yeah, watch New Girl then. Yeah, <laughs> my girlfriend got me into that one. I'd never, I'd never seen it before, but it seemed like they have like all these like great like guest stars from the years, yeah. and it's finally, it's finally nice to to see what that was all about. Yeah, especially the Prince one. I think the Prince one's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. That's when the show kind of takes a turn, I think. To the fantastical. Yeah, it gets a little like, <laughs> what? And then Prince brings up on stage and they all sing. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. I, a friend of mine told me recently that he got the story behind this. He was such a big fan of New Girl. Okay. That he called the producers for his audition now and he was just like, I love New Girl so much. <laughs> Let me be on it. Is that your Prince? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's not bad, dude. Hello, this is Prince. I heard some story because he had a uh, or a friend of a friend in Florida met him or something like that and would call her at like six in the morning. 
Catherine's like, come over. Like, she's like, aren't you sleeping? That's a good principle. Like, aren't you sleeping? He said, like, I don't sleep. I live my dreams. Or something like <laughs> Something very princey like that, but man, I don't know. Maybe he just does stuff like that. I remember like his thing would be like, did you ever did you ever see that Jamie Fox comedy special where Jamie Fox talks about like how he was like making it and he got invited to a party at Prince's house? <laughs> no, no. So he's saying he like walks up and the security guard there is like, hey man, just whatever you do, don't look him in the eyes. <laughs> All right, Jamie Fox is like, okay. So then, like, you know, Jane Fox ends up meeting Prince, and he looks him in the eyes, and he ends up, like, kind of falling in love with him. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, cool. And he's like, hello, Jamie Fox. I think you're very funny. Well, and uh, he's walking out, and the security guard can see, like, and I'm, this is all, like, from memory from 15 years ago, whenever this came out, but he's like, he, he, the security guard says, yeah, fun. And Jane Fox is like, yeah, you know, it's cool, it's cool. And he goes, look him in the eyes, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the security guard is also in love with him. Yeah. I'm trying to turn that fan off. It's clicking. Yeah, that last... The last uh, week of, gosh, December, it just like, went by in a blur. We went up to lovely Fort Worth, Texas, mm-hmm. which I've never been. Yeah, I think I saw some grams. It's, it's, like, it's the, the world only twice-a-day cattle drive. So these, like... Oh, uh-huh. Because, like, I guess Fort Worth is, like, um... It's... It's, like, um... It's, like... I think it's, like, maybe a national monument. Or, if not national, for, 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 for sure, Texas. But it is national. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... It's these old stockyards where trains would come in, you know, and they would load them up with cattle. And they would take them to Chicago, Kansas City, mm-hmm. all these other, you know, big cities. All from Fort Worth, all from, like, Fort Worth, Texas. Really like the stockyards or whatever they call mm-hmm. Cool. A really, really, really neat area. The, the floors are still, like, all, like, the floors of this, the stockyards are still um, brick. Mm-hmm. Some of them are uneven, so... Um, but at 11.30 and 4.30 every day, this is a plug for Fort Worth Stockyards. Okay. <laughs> they bring out uh, probably 20 or so longhorns. Uh-huh. And they, man, the, 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 the horns fell on these things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As tall as me. Or about, you know. I was I was on Lopec behind them carrying the, what's the UT longhorn? Like the oh, big, Bevo? Bevo? Okay. Did it have like the presidential motorcade kind of thing? It was pretty intense, but like this thing's massive. It's a, a unit, as the kids would call it. <laughs> Yeah, they like it was something it was just it was neat and then I swore off cattle I mean not cattle I swore off beef really they were so cute you looked them in the eyes <laughs> really yeah it was, they were so and I'm just you know new year trying, trying to sure. do okay uh, not doing beer for January okay so that's that's been interesting but I could cut back a beard man I'm getting a gut that's gross that's right. Like I was, I was going to a thing with my girlfriend. And I, I bought these these pants that I was like really excited about, and <laughs> I couldn't button them, and I started crying. Oh no! <laughs> We're not going. <laughs> my brother gave me a suit that I was going to wear. I wore for a, a rehearsal dinner. Oh yeah, for my sister's wedding. That's a nice suit. It's cool, and the jacket fits fine, but the pants. I'm like, I'm 32, 32. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depending on the time of day or whatever. But, but these things were so so tight, I was getting like intestinal damage. <laughs> it's really bad. Like if I had sneezed, it would have been over. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
we did um I have a wedding coming up not mine but I'm standing in one <laughs> I'll let you know what mine is um and uh it was really interesting instead of going to like a suit shop we had to go and um do it online yeah yeah that's how we got our kilt outfits and all that so I I was really upset um with the fact that there was no there wasn't an option uh for like uh, T-Rex arms. <laughs> do you have short arms? I do. I, you know, when you buy like like shirts from a shirt from like a store, it's always like fifteen and a half and thirty two or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably like fifteen and a half and like twenty eight. Mm, okay. Damn T-Rex arms. I'm just like extra medium across the board until I have a six pack and then I'm like <laughs> unbuttoning. <laughs> what was I watching? Oh God, do you watch It's Creek? No, but I feel like I should. It's so good. Is it really funny? Yeah. What's his face? Uh, Eugene Levy, right? Yeah, Tim and his son. And his son, yeah. I heard his son like, kind of steals the show. Oh, he's, he's great. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, him and his sister, they're, so they're like, they're kind of like posh, very like... Yeah, yeah. Blue, blue collar. No, I'm sorry, white collar. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up losing all their money. Um, and they get... You know, they were trying to live in, a, in, a, in a, a very small town and, uh, and, and stay in a motel. And so they're getting used. It's all about them, like, getting used to the town and getting mm-hmm. used to the townspeople and a lot, a lot of really funny characters. And um, at one point, like, they're like, you know, the son meets, you know, another guy and he's like, he's into him and, or something like that. And he's just like, um, I, you know, a lot of people are seeing me without my shirt on these days and I'm just trying to, you know, stay in shape. <laughs> and he's just like, that's why I'm shredding right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, I, I like that. So, um, for January I'm shredding. So I gotta get ready for spring break. Get it ready for spring break. Okay. I remember in, in high school in baseball, we would do these like big circles of like ab workouts mm-hmm. and our like circuit training and shit. Uh, yeah, kind of. But it was just kind of like we'd all be sitting down doing crunches. Yeah. I can do a thousand. <laughs> you see, no American Psycho when he's doing yeah. his crunches, like, wah, wah, wah. Okay. I can do oh. a thousand. Yeah, Africa. I need, I got vetoed to watch American Psycho for Christmas. Well, it's not a Christmas movie. He's like, but he goes to a Christmas party. <laughs> okay, remember when he he also kills a lot of hookers and stuff. <laughs> but he's holding the pig and Bruce Witherspoon puts the the antlers on his head. Oh yeah, <laughs> all upset. My brother went as Patrick Bateman for Halloween one year and like crushed it and like nailed it completely. with like the with like the rain oh he did thing <laughs> is, that a, is that a raincoat Patrick yes it is <laughs> he's, he's got the axe talking about Huey Lewis and shit. oh my god <laughs> hey Paul hey Paul <laughs> oh man Jared Leto I like when he's like I got a, got a reservation at Dorcia yeah yeah get the what is it the seaweed ceviche it's the best <laughs> I love when he gets the card and he just like he's like oh god oh yeah yeah the business card scene is yeah. awesome he's just clenching his jaw and like, like sweating oh my god very nice very nice oh and then the guy did you, did you ever notice that each each of the little like card wallets only has one card in it wait really I thought it was like a little flip up thing or something yeah they only have one he's just like <laughs> and then Lewis the office goofball 
He's just like, oh, hey, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the guy with the least amount of style. Uh-huh. He's just like, check this one out. I just got it from the printers. And he's like, oh, my God. It has a watermark. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read the book? Uh, I started it. Ooh. Uh, Brett Easton Ellis, man. He's, he's a psychopath. Really? Yeah, he's crazy. What's the... He did that one, and what's his other big one? Are you hearing that? What is that? Um, Chimes. He did... Oh, he did Rules of Attraction. He did Glamorama. That's the one. Oh. Do I have it? I don't think I did. Did you read Watchmen? I started I let you borrow Watchmen, yeah. I started it, um, but I failed to disclose that... At around that time, I also started League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, right. I think you told me that. Yeah. LGX. L- a, sure. <laughs> it's absolutely not anything like the movie. What? Oh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Have you read the book? No. It's it's cool. Like, um, Mina Harker is, like, the Alan Quarter main character. Okay. Not, yeah, I mean, was the main character what? Uh, so, like, Sean Connery played, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Alan Quartermain. He's... Arlen Quartermain yeah. good to everyone to was that his last movie yeah Oof. did you ever hear the story behind that no so like they offered him they offered him the Matrix Morpheus' part wow. no the architect or something like that in the Matrix oh that would have been cool but he was like you know I don't get this what is it you know and right, so he yeah. didn't do it sure and then the Matrix became the Matrix. Right. And he's like, shit, I could have had that sweet, sweet Matrix money. Yeah. <laughs> so then they offered him League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He's like, this is like the Matrix, right? <laughs> yeah. And he didn't want to pass up on it. Right. So like, he signed up for... Wow. <laughs> and then it tanked his career. Well, not tanked his career. Just Sean Connery. But just over it. Well, how old is that guy? He's okay. still around, right? He's probably... 90? 90. Yeah. I read this thing where it's like in Last Crusade... He's only like something like ten years older than Harrison Ford. Is that right? I guess. Yeah, because Harrison Ford is like seventy something now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite film of the twenty tens? Oh, oh, damn. Um, I know it's a lot, right? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Do you? Do you have the ones up there? I, th- I was thinking about it. I was listening to like a podcast that was like going over all the best movies of whatever years and all that. I think of the 2010s, my favorite would be Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, collaborate. Uh, <laughs> I agree. That's the time while I look things up. Um, that's yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know. I could go like Her was really good. You know, The Walking Phoenix. I miss iPhone Her. Bro. Is um, Rooney Mara and Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson plays Scar-Jo? the plays the voice of the iOS, of the operating system, and then iOS. Uh, and then I think Amy Adams is like the cute girl down the hall that he doesn't talk to. Yeah, but apparently on set it was someone else, someone else playing the voice, and then they dubbed over Scarlett Johansson. Really? So someone got screwed. But which is weird because he's he's performing opposite someone. That you don't see in the movie or get or doesn't and doesn't get credit, which is kind of. I'm trying to think, but Scott's got that cool voice and all that. I saw this is in 2000. I guess it is 2010. I saw Uncut Gems. Oh right, right, right. I think we talked about that last last record. 
Or no, you just got the tickets. <laughs> Did you like it? I was going that night. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. It was neat. It was a lot of like, there were a lot of skirts, but there were a lot of like, um, in the, in the film, they were wearing a lot of skirts, oh. but they had like a lot of like loose, um, loose, uh, strings. Okay. Hanging from the skirts. Okay. So, you know. So. <laughs> Who's wearing skirts in it? Uh, just various characters. <laughs> okay. Oh, what, I know. What about these skirts? That's uncut hems. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Oh, my God. Um, we'll, <gasps> we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but no, it was really good. That, like, Adam Sandler's performance was fantastic. <laughs> like, uh. He... It was so... I was... Uh, you know... I was thinking, like, wow, like, this is the same actor who came out, you know, with, like, you know, back to school, yeah. back to, you know, it's like, wow, like, he's, yeah. you know, and at one point he, he got a bunch of, like, flowers and brought them to his wife, mm-hmm. and they were long, you know, they had long, um, you know, stems, and she said, Howard, these are uncut stems. So, oh, my God. <laughs> I've been sitting on those all weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but it was fantastic. Um, <laughs> is this an episode of Jake's movie? Club? <laughs> this is this is the segment we like to call. You know, Jake breaks down hot movies. <laughs> um, but it was great. His performance <laughs> is worth the price of your ticket. Cool. Okay. Um. 2010s though yeah let's see I'm, I just googled movies from 2010 um maybe Whiplash too oh Whiplash was great love Whiplash um you know what I think kind of flipping through it uh, uh I think the movie that maybe I may have been I'm trying to think like rewatchability too, or like what movies do I still recommend to people? And if I'm dating someone, they have to have seen it and stuff like that. <laughs> I think. Oh, Kickass came out in 2010. Shit, is this an episode of Kickass? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk. So Kickass. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's a track by the Prodigy on Kickass, and we'll, we'll get to them eventually. Yeah, with the horns and all that. That's been my like going to work in the morning song. Nice. Like, yeah, Nick Cage is in it. Nick Cage in that movie. <laughs> um, my girl Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. And then the bad guy from Sherlock Holmes. Uh, the love interest is the daughter from How I Met Your Mother. Oh shoot! Yeah, uh, the girl on the couch. <laughs> and then talk about Scott Pilgrim, the mm-hmm. best friend, the nerdy guy. He is oh the Culkin. Is he a Culkin? Yeah, his roommate, Scott Pilgrim's roommate. No, no, no in uh, in Kickass. Oh, sorry, the guy that's like, oh yeah, that he wears glasses. He's like, isn't he Michael Sarah's like comedy partner? Oh, okay. I think he's in a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah. He like like internet. What's skits? his name? Oh boy, he was in one of those hot tub time machines. Hot tub time machine also came out in 2010. Busy oh. year for that guy. Wow, well, yeah, good for him. <laughs> um, you know, Tron Legacy. What? Really? I loved Tron Legacy. I mean, it actually it, the soundtrack is done by one of our artists for today. Well done, Jake. <laughs> Jake, 
Did you listen to Daft Punk's homework? I did. What'd you think? I did my homework. You know, um, I've really only been exposed to the Daft Punk of like um, early aughts. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think Discovery came out sure in two thousand three, something like that. Sure. So, one more time. Sure. Um, I feel like I feel like with those those latter the the later albums, um, like they were. It was a lot. It seemed like a lot of like uh, more like, instrumentation, maybe like they were mm-hmm. experimenting more in the studio with like songwriting, mm-hmm. um, and maybe bringing in like uh, other collaborators, vocalists, yes. stuff like that. Yes. Um, so being able to hear homework was was really interesting because it was like a lot of sampling and a lot of like looping. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was neat. So all those tracks were made like from '93 to '96. Um, came out in '97. But it's yeah, it's very, you know, they were in their twenties or whatever making that thing. So it's very rudimentary. I don't know. It's like, very raw, very raw. Yeah, and they're all designed for the dance floor. I think later on they got to like, what's going to sound good on the radio? You know, let's get a vocalist in here. I did write my favorite song, Sam. Oh, nice. Okay. I loved um, the intro, Dustin Direct. Yeah, yeah. Just builds, builds, builds. Mm-hmm. Um. I like teachers. Teachers is rad. The who's so-and-so's in the house. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's just all their favorite DJs and producers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. So, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's all their influences. And then, and then, of course, Around the World. Yeah. That was a cool one. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was, one of, that was on their earliest album. First album. Yeah, it's like one of their, let's say their fourth or fifth single. Whatever, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of sick of that song. That's when I kind of click over. But, uh, yeah. Did you like rolling and scratching? I did. That's when like... We, uh, those came in like the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I was like, oh, they can't... Then what was the other one? I didn't write it down, but it was like... <laughs> it was like someone was just like messing with the knobs and then... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sure. it's gonna bother me. We'll, we can go back and <laughs> so like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. It sounds like a zipper almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's called that song's called zipper. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So those are all designed for raves and stuff like that. So like, as a as a DJ, yes. How are those sounds created? Are they done? On a synthesizer, are they done? The scratching and you just mess with the, the levels. I think most all of that album is built like off, like the Roland line of like beat machines and samplers and stuff. Rolling like eight oh eight, like nothing sounds quite like an eight oh eight. Um, it's just money making, yeah, money yeah. money making. <laughs> it's like like often like with techno and house music and stuff like that. It, they're they're reliant upon the technology at the time. So when Roland started putting out all these cool boxes and stuff like that, it kind of birthed a genre with like craft work and stuff like that. So they're all it's mostly all synthesized. Yes. Have you ever like experimented with any of those like like the Roland boxes or anything like that? Uh I've messed around with software and stuff like that, but I never never bought a bunch of gear. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool. There was a Korg. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is it Korg Roland now, or? Oh, I don't know if they're who bought who or whatever. Um, there was like a there's like a real. I saw one on Amazon. It was like 150 dollars for. It was like a 
was under fifty dollar like keyboard synthesizer, and then like there was another separate thing you had to buy. It was a sequencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've like always had like a fascination with synthesizers and yeah. sequencers, just because it's so interesting to me. And like, what what does an oscillator do? Like, why is this line squigglier? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like. I can tell you what reverb does in a guitar amp, mm-hmm. or you know what a delay does, but I'm like oscillator, you know. So. Yeah, I think the idea is like you can you, you have your synthesizer that that you can make noises with, like a Moog or whatever. Like you, you design what you want your keys to sound like, and then you send then a sequencer connects to that and tells it when to play things, when to play keys, and then you throw things through an oscillator and like attack sustain uh, release that kind of stuff and then so it kind of filters these noises and then you can like uh like pitch it up pitch it down and then you get the you know that's really good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cut off resonance all that stuff that doesn't that no one knows what it means but <laughs> I remember when I was when I was in high school my folk for Christmas thank you mom um bought me a um it was like a Korg mini vocoder or something like that. And it was cool. Like, it was like an actual, like, badass Santana vocoder. And it was back, like, when, like, all like all the bands I was listening to had, like, a, had like a, like a Moog or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I would just really use it to play, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know... As an adult, I realized that there was so there was so much more to this instrument than just little buzzsaw leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I really enjoyed it. It was it was a cool experience, kind of see like this like band who you know has gone on to legendary status. Yeah, kind of like start off with this really raw, really uh, like I don't want to say like bare bones approach to music because I mean mm-hmm. obviously there was a lot to it but it, it, it seemed very like almost like punk rock <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah and this is before like they started building their own mythology and stuff like that like they're not they don't have the helmets yet they're wearing paper masks yeah they had paper bags for a minute <laughs> like I think when, when for real? Homework, yeah when homework came, oh, I'm sorry. not even kidding when homework came out and they were pressured into doing like press for it they hated the idea and then for one of their interviews they wore paper bags over their heads that's cool and then they're like we should buy really expensive helmets and become <laughs> become robots. But in in the liner notes of homework, you can see a blurry photo of the two of them without helmets on and all that. Really? Yeah. Thomas Mangalter and Guy Manuel de Homo Cristo. Yeah. I wonder because David Guetta, he's also from France, right? Or uh, yeah, probably. I think so. I wonder what because he's probably. I wonder what that, that DJ scene must have been like back in the 90s. Uh, probably yeah. crazy, man. Can you imagine? Yeah. Probably a lot of really wild drugs. <laughs> and crazy, and crazy, crazy parties. Or I just like... I don't know. I, I, I love history, and I think about like... Like Austin in, you know, the 90s. Or Austin in the 80s or 70s when like... Bands like you know Steve Ray Vaughan was playing every mm-hmm. Tuesday night, or or you know I don't know um, Willie Nelson had would have a residency. He's like, mm-hmm. would you just be able just to go see Daft Punk 
at a club? Like, I think you absolutely could. Yeah. That would have been insane. Yeah. Well, I wonder if we'll look on these years in, in 20 years and think, wow, we saw Black Pumas. We saw, uh, who are the brothers that are really badass? Oh, the Peterson, Peterson brothers. brothers. I saw them at ABGB. There was like 80 people there, man, and now they're headlining Coachella, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I think every era you're in doesn't seem as cool, but in hindsight, it's like, wow, that was pretty neat. That reminds me of that, uh, that quote from Andy on The Office, the, uh, on the last episode, like, I wish someone would... Oh. I wish we knew we were in the good times while we were in them. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some meme, and it was like, kids walking into a blockbuster, and I was like, all oh, the best nights of my life seemed inconsequential at the time. But, but you look back, and you're like, wow, that was really great. Man, I miss blockbuster. <laughs> we had one down the... We had one down the street from my house. We had a family video. Yeah, family video? Yeah. And a... What was it called? Hollywood video? Hollywood video, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Hollywood video was like the bad boy of video <laughs> rental. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I had a friend that worked there, and I think he got blown in the back room or something. <laughs> His name? Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true too. yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm about his age now. That adds up. But yeah. The bad boys of video rental. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I used to. I remember going into Blockbuster as like a real, real little kid. And two things: trying to convince my mom and dad to let me rent a Sega Genesis video game. Yeah. Okay. And do you remember like I I, I don't know, maybe it's because I was a kid, but I never thought like things costed anything. You know, I had no concept. Right. Of that. Yeah. Sure. So like, I still struggle with that. <laughs> I remember being like, can I check out, you know, Streets of Rage? You know? Uh No. Okay. But I remember that, and I remember, um, like, walking by the horror movie Mm -hmm. section with my head turned down. (laughs) Because if Freddy Krueger saw me, he would come and get me. If I looked him in the eyes, he would come (laughs) and get me. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Me and my friends would ride our bikes down to, like, the coffee shop near the all that video that maybe go in and we would like just rate all the movies we'd be like sucks sucks rules we would and then we put the movies next to each other to, to make some dirty title like I don't know smoke, <laughs> smoke iron weed or something like that smoke yeah. we got him <laughs> oh and there was like a very there was a very tiny anime section where you could rent anime VHS's oh that's cool yeah and that was it felt pretty punk rock at the time, but we were just nerds <laughs> getting into anime. Did you ever get into a- anime? Um, I ha- I have not. I-, I have yet to to dive into that. I know a lot of it. A lot of the is studio is studio Ghibli. Ghibli, yeah, Ghibli. That's I think that's that's, that's Miyazaki, a, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. The Spirited Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. That one was really good. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but I think Disney owns all that. So I do. Do they? Oh boy. I hope it. I, if it's on the the plus, is it? Yeah. They should put some anime on there though. That's a good idea. Um. But I remember. God, it was so fun. It, it's kind of like I'm trying to think. What's the? Is is there a movie where? You know, a person is like. I think it's like, it might be like Johnny Mnemonic or something. The <laughs> Keanu Reeves one? Yeah. <laughs> Where he's walking through the internet. You know, oh, sure. And, but, like, that's kind of like what 
or like or even Tron Legacy you know like you're walking through mm-hmm. the internet that's kind of like what Blockbuster was oh yeah you know you think about it now because like now you can just like you know do it on your phone or your computer or right. TV or when you're scrolling through Netflix you would just walk down an aisle yeah you would just walk down an aisle and it would be like yeah isn't that cool that is a nice like, observation my man man bro <laughs> is this an episode of good observation <laughs> 2020. Uh, Let's take a break. We'll be right back. More sipping memo. So the other night, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Oh, just, just, just so everyone knows. Uh, that was Adam Driver on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Can't make it to this episode, but it's okay. Um, we still have an open seat ready for him whenever next time he's in town. So, Adam Driver, hope you're doing well. Yeah, he was, you know, he's busy today. Uh, so, I was out with friends the other night. Come on, come on. Uh, and, and I was asking him about this band, Eve Six. So the lyrics, I would choke on a rind. What do you think it means? He would swallow with surprise. He would choke on. He really would, though, wouldn't he? But the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Would leave me empty inside. So the lack thereof what? I can choke on the what he lacked thereof. So, but but we were talking. Does it mean rind of a? It means Fruit. whatever rinds you were talking about. Pork rinds. Can you flip five? Rinds of the orange peel. Or a pork rinds. So, Jules, you're saying it's absolutely yes. an orange peel. No, I agree. As I am like, taste. it says R H I N D. It's not the German River. Yeah. No. I don't think you're it's sure. the German River. Are you certain? I mean, we're going to call it. I don't think it is, though. Okay. So, okay. But what do you think it means? Oh, okay, the chicken rinds. But the lack thereof. But the lack, no, lack thereof says, what? Okay, so wait, 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 okay, 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 wait, 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 Google lyrics, it says rhymes like rhymes. No, Google is so wrong. I would choke on the rhymes. I would fuck up spit on the lyrics. Hold on, though. Would leave me empty inside. Hold on. Time out, though. That actually makes more sense than anything else. I would choke on the rhymes. Hey, the wait, rhymes. the lack thereof the actually makes more sense if you're talking about just a rhyme or a lyric or a limerick. Yeah. Wait. Because if you're never going to have a lack thereof of a river my bride, or a citrus. I would choke on the rhymes, but the, but lack, the lack thereof, thereof would leave me empty inside. That makes more sense than anything German, it's rhymes. to be fair. It's you think rhymes. it's rhymes? It's rhymes. I think it's it rhymes. Is. It's not it's rhymes. Just, so it's like an eight-mile eight, eight thing. It's fine. We were Follow all wrong. We were all wrong. Find nothing in- <laughs> that that was our friend Julie, yeah, uh, Julia, Julia, and our friend Andy. Thank y'all. So I was uh, at their at Andy's place and asked them about U six because I don't know where to begin with this band. Jay. I mean, let's just take a look. I like their drumming. Uh, the guys' vocals are undeniable. Um, and that that tune, what's it called? The Inside Out. Inside Out is. A killer tune. It's a, sure. it's a banger. Yeah. It slaps. Uh, let's see. So Eve 6. Let's see. Um, Southern California, right? Southern California. It's from uh, the... Let's see. Where's Green Day from? Because I feel like they sound like Green Day, but that's just my uneducated... 
no, the rock here. That's that's actually a good observation. Uh, Green Day's from Northern California. Oh, from like the Berkeley area. So are all these kind of bands from California? Right. Green Day, Blink One Eight Two, Eve mm-hmm. Six. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all from like that California. The nineties. It was all about California. That yeah. Uh, they were from La Crescenta, Montrose, California. Okay. Um, Is it a four-piece? Uh, looks like three-piece. What, really? Mm-hmm. Like Blink and all that? And, our, and Green Day. What is it about the three-piece with the SoCal rock thing? Um, you know, so we got a... Is it just singer-songwriter led? Like, the, there's the lead guy, he's playing guitar at the same time, and that's yeah. just kind of our template here? I, I would say so. Like, I'm trying to think of the... Because the Clash had four... Four... I know there's there's probably another three piece you know you know punk band that started all uh, Nirvana and shit right Nirvana had Nirvana had three guys what came before Eve Six what is like there because you can do you can draw lines from Death Punk all the way back to Kraftwerk yeah so, what, so what's Eve Six's Kraftwerk I would say Green Day mm-hmm. I'd say most of the music most of like the alternative al- alternative. Sipping Mimos! Uh, alternative punk rock, you know, pop punk mm-hmm. can be like traced back to Green Day. So Green Day was pretty revolutionary. They were. It was Green Day, like, Green Day took, I feel like, like what Nirvana started with doing like heavy music, but adding, you know, a punk rock pop edge to it. Green Day kind of like shaved off that heavy mm-hmm. and just took punk and pop. And put it together. Yeah. Also, like, and Billy Joel, like, he he's like gone. Billy Joel, my bad. Billy Joe, right? Um, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> he's like gone on like records. He's saying he's always been like a huge like classic rock fan. He loves the Who. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves all these like classic bands. And I think he incorporated that into into their into their songwriting as well. Okay, you know, so you had like stadium ready songs like. Basket Case or When I Come Around mm-hmm. you know off, I think those are both off Dookie um, in 94 um, and he would you know they were playing these songs in clubs you know right. like, uh, and I think a lot of that California that Northern California sound like from Green Day um, really you can hear that a lot in in Eve Six's uh, uh, Eve Six's um, 1998 debut album Eve Six. Very good. <laughs> cool. um, so, what did, you th- what did you think of the album? Uh, I liked it. I like it. Uh, um, yeah, it's, this is um, it's a little out of my wheelhouse. Uh, um, it, start, it starts to get this sort of sameness to me. But I gave you Daft Punk's homework, which is all pretty samey. Like. <laughs> Because like, you get it, there's the beat, and then there's, then there's the weird wah, wah sound, and then maybe a sample in there. This is just like, okay, we're going to have, we're going to start with guitars, we're going to drop the beat, we're going to have, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then, you know, it's just, just a killer melodic pop sensible yeah. chorus with a lot of, like, just yelling. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, that, um, we talk about Inside Out, but like the dun 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 dun. Dun-dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun-dun. You hear that a couple times in the album, mm-hmm. um, but I think they knew like what worked for them, and really, and I can, you know, I, and I think I don't know, they're, they're, you're right. There really isn't a lot of like 
is it dif- differentiation mm-hmm. between mo- a lot of songs? Right. Um, is there a ballad on there? There is, right? Um, what's the one? I think the the final one might be the ballad. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Pull up the old Spotify. Small Town Trap or Jesus Nightlight. Those are actually the two I didn't. I, I didn't. I liked least. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, was Is Eve Six a big influence on your music? Um, Do you know how to play every song on that album? I know how to play Inside Out. Right. Um, uh, I don't know if they'd be like a very like big influence on me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know like the... I really appreciate like... Like the songwriting uh, of of the guys, because I I didn't realize this, but on that first album, the band actually wrote the songs. Like there wasn't any mm, like mm-hmm. songwriters brought in or anything like that. Right, but is it is it like is the dude the main dude? Is he running the show, or is it more more collaborative? It looks like it might be him and the guitarist. Right. I always think like, oh, wait. Radiohead once said like, well. This band is 90% Tom York, 5% Johnny Greenwood, and 5% the other two guys. <laughs> like, like, so it's just the Tom, Tom York show, but is, I don't know if, if that's the case here. I, I made a mistake. According to Wikipedia, all, ri- all lyrics were written by Max Collins, the singer. Right. Except for Leech, uh, which is written, which is co-written uh, with John Siebels. He is the guitarist. Um, all the music was composed by the band, and there were like a lot of like really interesting chord changes. I think, like mm-hmm. especially, I, I just go back to Inside Out. It was like uh. it's like dun because it'll go dun 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 mm-hmm. dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah. It, it, he'll go to like it's it's playing. It's like a he'll he'll like hit like it's like a G chord into an F sharp major or something like that. Okay, and sure, I remember when learning that for like open mic stuff. And, mm-hmm. Because um, it slaps and it's just yeah. everyone. Is that a weird chord progression? It kind of is. You okay. know, it's like, what's weird about it? <laughs> normally, you want to go like to. Oh, I can't think. Of, I can't picture that guitar in my hand, but to a to not not that G. Like when I hit that, when I saw that it was a G, I was like, that's I don't want to play that. But it, it, like, do you want to go up instead? Like, you I wanna, think so? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like it's like a half step down instead of like a full step. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Interesting. I am certainly self-taught on guitar, so my, my music theory you might not be... You never had a lesson or anything like that? You never took lessons? I did lessons um, for like a year in eighth grade. Well, about six months in eighth grade, and then like maybe a year and a half in high school. But that was it. My, my teachers would always want to try and teach me like theory and like the circle of fifths and stuff like that circle of fifths that sounds like a George Lucas creation yeah <laughs> all, all, right. the, all the Jedi know the circle of fifths this is okay this is our segment where we do Jake and Elliot fix Star Wars yes make it better not fix it make it better okay so <laughs> attack of the clones make it better here we go circle of fifths circle a- of fifths add in some circle of fifths mythology in there <laughs> That's it. We shall go a half step down instead of all the way. <laughs> That's my out guess. <laughs> Eve six are from Southern California. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> influences were Green Day at the time, of course. <laughs> it had to have been Green Day. I fought with your father in the pop punk world. <laughs> 
so many three-piece bands playing the clubs. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like going into like Ringo Starr or something like. Ooh, uh, you, do, <laughs> you do like Green Day have been broken up for a millennia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do like the circle of fists. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> what, 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 it just sounds cool. Like the fifths, it could be like someone like the pentatonic scale. <laughs> he, I don't know. Is that how I say that? He yields the pentatonic, <laughs> and it's just like a lightsaber that, like, when like moved, sings. Like, yeah. Oh! <laughs> you must learn your saber scales. Saber scales. <laughs> <laughs> the snare was too big, so we got the piccolo snare. It has more pop to it. <laughs> I heard a lot of piccolo snare. I don't know if I'm off on that. Is it's, it's like a tight snare. Yeah, yeah tight. It's, it's, it's a short one. That's like, instead of. Did you did you catch um did you catch open road song and did you recognize what movie it's from? Oh no. Uh, what movie? Can't hardly wait. Oh sure, sure. It's in there for like a second, but it's like that'd be a good segment. What movies were these songs in? Or in my case, a lot of car commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so the one I had I mean Inside Out I, I know it had to have been in a movie probably like American um, American American, American Pie yeah, American yeah. In Pie yeah all those 90s movies sure but I know the one that stuck out to me and this is actually my first experience listening to this song all, to this album all the way through oh what uh huh what I really only jammed Inside Out wow okay so this is interesting this, this is neat but I your first your first album recommendation and you haven't listened to the whole thing yeah <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Well, it was originally going to be Eagle Eye Cherry, but... Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, oh, what, what was their jam? Uh, Save Tonight. Ugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just so... It's just so far away from where, where I want to be. I played Save Tonight on the night we met. Well, I like when you do night. it. I like when you do it, That jam. hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and I played Rolling and Scratching. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. A drum cover of Roland Scratch. Yeah. Open Road Song, though. Tonight I feel like an Bulletin for the metal. So is that is that a, is that a California accent? I think so. There was like one um, superhero girl when they go. <laughs> that actually reminded me of a Third Eye Blind song, also another California band. They're from mm-hmm. San Francisco, right? Um, but they do that same thing in you know a lot of their songs. Are, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I was like, did Stephen Jenkins co-write the song? I was like, no. But mm. uh, who produces Eve Six? Let's see, like that. That album sounds produced uh, beautifully. Uh, Don Gilmore. He doesn't have Gilmore. any other. Hmm. Let's see. How about for like their second um when they get a bigger deal, did they they get, you know, fucking super producer in there? Let's see. Oh, so Don Gilmore actually went on to produce albums for Dashboard Confessional, mm-hmm. Avril Lavigne, sure. Good Charlotte, and Trust Company. What's Trust Company? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Trust Company. <laughs> Okay. Trust Company was this, was this like uh, I wouldn't call them full blown new metal. They were kind of like skate, uh, skate yeah, punk yeah. new metal. Right. They had this one song called "The Downfall." Okay. God, that song ruled. What was that? What was what? what how did it go? 
It was a Push me away Make me fall Just to see The other side of me <laughs> You remember that one? I don't it sounds beautiful, though. It was good. Me and my sister used to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater to that wow. song. Okay, okay. And even to this day, like twenty years later, we'll st- it'll still come on, and we will just like rock out. Uh, let's see. Let's see when all my friends in high school were listening to this stuff and like uh, and the new metal thing with and like and then you know corn and all that shit. I was digging up B sides for Daft Punk and Chemical Brothers and all this and trying to figure out how to mix them on shitty turntables making tapes you made tapes hell yeah I made tapes man do you, do you have any have any of those available or oh boy I've got you know later mixes online but like those early tapes I would just uh, me and my buddy Dave would come home after school I'd pop in a blank tape into my cassette deck I'd start playing records and mixing them and he would just sit on my bed reading Battle Angel Alita <laughs> <laughs> And reading manga, and then you would I would make a tape and then try to do some cool cover art and then give it give it away to friends all the time. A lot of girls You're like thanks for the Daft Punk mega mix, Elliot. I don't quite get it. <laughs> Needs more E six. I'm sure. <laughs> Where's Inside Out? Mm-hmm. But you can listen to that shit on the bus. <laughs> so the the band's next album, Chronology. Uh, came out in 2000 uh, Was produced also by Dan Gilmore And had the singles Promise Remember that one? That's one I promise not to try not to With your mind I promise not to lie If I go your way and you go mine Okay <laughs> It's kind of like a continuation of Inside Out Honestly <laughs> And then arguably The band's I mean Inside Out's a monster But the second yeah. biggest album Second biggest Second biggest song, mm-hmm. Here's to the Night. Right. Which was a lot of people's uh, class song, I imagine, that school year. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that and the, and the Green Day song, right? That was a big graduation uh-huh. song. The Time, Time of Your, your life. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After homework, uh, Daft Punk put out Discovery in 01. And that was... Uh, it took some time for that. I guess so. And they, that's the one with uh, One More Time and all that. And they, they got glossier. It, it's something shiny about Discovery, you know? And then they had, like, that DVD companion that was, like, an anime movie. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And then they have, you know, that great... Um, they got, like, love songs on there and stuff like that. I like the one that's, like... God, it's gonna bother the heck out of me. I gotta look it up. I think I can guess which one you're talking about. It's the one with the crazy guitar interlude. Uh, aerodynamic. When it's like. Is aerodynamic? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's aerodynamic. Aerodynamic. Oh, I love yeah. that. But uh, digital love track three is like the real pretty one. Like last night, I had a dream about you. In this dream, I'm dancing right beside you, and it looked. Like everyone was having fun. Really? Come on. I'm like drawing a total blank right <laughs> Dude, now. It's, I feel like you would dig that tune a lot. Add it to your bird frame. The one I mean the harder, better, faster, stronger. Sure. Uh man, I'm like I don't know if it's the being nervousness of the mic, but I'm like totally drawing the blank right now. That's okay. Maybe digital love is the one I'm thinking of. I'm just blanking. Oh, maybe. Okay. 
I remember I back in middle school there was a guy who who gave me a copy of Daft Punk and he was like, I want to make music like this. I want you to be in my band. Uh, of Discovery? Yeah. Cool. And I was like, neat. I was like, okay. I was like, but it's like, that's a call to adventure. And no, no, I was just like. <laughs> I, I, it's like Joseph Campbell wrote your high school years. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Who's Joseph Campbell? We got some Campbell heads out in the audience. Um, <laughs> he's the one that he writes story. He writes essays about story writing, the hero's journey, and all this. And you can map it out uh, through the easiest uh, example is Luke Skywalker. Like okay. he is, yeah. You know, uh, there's a call to adventure, the refusal of the journey. Like no, I don't want it. And then like the. The being thrust into a world that's bigger than you imagined after your aunt and uncle die, <laughs> and then you know, the, the atoning with the father, Darth Vader, and then the, you know, and then uh, yeah, and then you return home having changed. Huh? Yeah. You, you map out almost any. It's, it's Neo from the Matrix. It's Luke Skywalker. It's. Uh, you know, it's any any big Roger Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the main character from Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> I, I'm almost certain you could map it out through Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> but it, it, anyway, Joseph Campbell, he he's a just a um, guy. Human after all, their third album came out in '05, and that was more. It went it was like a return to form. Like, and it, it's, it felt like a little more. It was a little more dance floor and like. And it felt a little rushed. Honestly, it didn't do as well as the other. Um, and then 2013, Bonery Town, Random Access Memories. So they took a while to get that one out. Didn't between that time, didn't they have their like Voltron came out? Oh, and then then they put out like a couple live recordings or whatever. But I think that's about it. They're pretty. They 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 take their time with these things. I wonder. Do you think they create? Their music with that their helmets on. No, <laughs> no. Don't be ridiculous. Should <laughs> should we take our helmets off right now? Yeah, we have, yeah, we have been recording this whole episode with our helmets on. It's gonna get real echoey and weird. Uh, uh, Elliot's been Elliot. <laughs> you can call me Elliot. It's fine. <laughs> Elliot's wearing uh, the Batman cowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been wearing uh, Thor's hat. Where is she? <laughs> What do you think of our pats as Batman? Uh, I'm on board. Yeah? Yeah. Our bats. Our, oh, God. <laughs> and this has been episode one. <laughs> yeah! We did it. Wait, uh, what, are so we doing, what are we doing next episode? <laughs> what albums? I want to talk more about our bats, but oh, okay. we can save them for next time. Okay. Well, didn't they announce, like, the, the penguin or someone's pen? Oh, Paul Dano is in it, I think. Paul Dano, come on. Yeah. Uh, okay. And th- I think he's playing the Riddler. Oh, that'd be cool. Thing. They haven't done the, a good Riddler. Well, the you know, Jim Carrey one. But, um... He... Paul Dano's, like... He's got that, like... Like that... Almost, like, innocent, sinister... Ooh, yeah. Vibe yeah. On. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Like innocent, he, sinister, sure. Like, you, you're, like... You see, like I think that. of him in, like, um... God, uh, The Girl Next Door. Did you ever see that one? No. With Emil Hirsch and, um... Gosh, she was in 24. Alicia. 
Oh, Cuthbert? Cuthbert, yeah. yeah. Woof. She, Smoke show. Uh, she, she played a porn star who moved next door to... Oh, right. Yeah, that one. Paul Dano's in that? Yeah. He plays the best friend. Really? And wow. like, what's his... Tim Oliphant is... Uh-huh. Is the porn producer. And like, where's Emil Hirschbitt, man? He was like gonna be the next thing. He was fucking Speed Racer and he was in the Into the Wild, dude. Yeah. And then he kind of went away. He was in... Um, Did he get me too <laughs> I think he had some issues. Bummer. I remember hearing about that. Bummer, um, bummer, bummer. But I could be... I, I, last time I heard... But uh, he was... He played Jay Sebring in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The guy in love with... Um, Wait, uh, is he Marlon Robbie? And he's like... He comes up to the gate when um, Leonardo DiCaprio, after everything went down. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, man, you okay? Ooh, yeah, yeah. You want to come up and meet? Right. Sharon Tate. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you want to come up and meet? Yeah. That's when Leo ascends. Yeah. Yeah. I need to watch that again. That movie's awesome. And she's just like, hi, how you doing? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Come on in. How about that? Yeah, he like the movie's wild. I, I loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. I think like it is. I don't know if it surpassed Inglorious Bastards for my favorite Tarantino. Yeah, I have to think about it. I, I, yeah, I think I'm a it's Bastards guy too, man. I think it's absolutely his masterpiece. Yeah, I, he even says it. The last line of the movie is what, at the very end when when they're carving the swastika into uh, what's his butt. Oh yeah, and, he's, and they just look right down the barrel of the camera and they're like, I think this is my masterpiece. Credits. I never noticed that. Yeah, it was Tarantino saying, I, I nailed it. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, nailed done. it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike drop. Yeah. I love that. That That's. I thought Django was cool. It was unnerving. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I'm just. Did you like Hateful Eight? I couldn't get through it. I thought that was kind of gross, honestly. Like, and, and he's just. Ugh. And he made such a big deal, like, oh, I'm shooting on film for these great, uh, you know, vistas. But the entire thing takes place in a cabin in one room. It's a one room, and I want it to play. With a flashback or two. But it's like, why? Just whatever. Did you ever hear that story of um, the guitar that was destroyed? Yeah. Oh, my God. Why don't you tell that story to the fine folks while I get us more champs? So, I read this on, I think it was Cracked. Crack.com There was There was a In um, Hateful Eight um, a, a character is playing A guitar And It's I'm totally drawing a blank right now Jace uh, Jessica She was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High Was she in Fast She It's what's her face She got nominated for Did she win the Oscar for that? I don't think so mm. Thank you Yeah but she's playing um, Jennifer Jason. Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, she's playing a, 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 a guitar, and uh, Kurt Russell's character comes over. I guess he's irritated with her. Like I said, I never made it through the movie. Um, takes the guitar in a fit of frustration and smashes it against the wall. Uh, what he didn't realize, though, is that guitar was on loan from the Martin Guitar Museum. And it was priceless. Priceless. Like a priceless antique guitar, and Kurt Russell smashes it to splinters. It, it was like from the main... I think it was like... might have been period appropriate. But like... And you can... If you go back and look, you can see her face. Um, she's just like... <gasps> like, like she... Yeah. Like, everyone's like... Oh! Wrong take, wrong take. <laughs> 
Enter stunt guitar. <laughs> the stunt guitar was supposed to get in there for that shot. <laughs> Oof. Well, it's like the scene in Django when uh, Leo is doing the speech with the skull and all that, and he smashes his hand down on a, on a plate and slices his hand open, and it's real. And he keeps acting, and there's like blood everywhere. And he's like, like someone's bandaging up his hand in the scene. He doesn't, he doesn't break character, and everyone in the room's just like, ah. I freaking love Leo, too. Sure. Why not? He's uh, speaking of podcasts. I think I saw he's doing Mark Merritt. Yeah, with, with Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. I, I just saw that on whatever on, on Facebook or something, and I'm like, oh, I haven't listened to that show in a long time, but I'm gonna tune in for that. Yeah, you never hear him. I have a conversation. He doesn't really do talk shows, does he? I, don't, I can't think. Of I think really rarely, like he'll do like an Ellen. If he'll it show up on Ellen or something, like that. and Brad Pitt doesn't do it either. So it'll be curious to to have those guys talk for an hour. Oh my god! Yeah, Mark Marin's so good. He'll like yeah. He'll cry and he'll get something. He has such a good. I love that guy. He's such a good. He has such, such a good way of like away with people. He's just yeah. makes him like he's like disarming. And yeah, like, yeah, something. Yeah, engaging at the same time. Like, you know, heard the show started out right, like WTF or whatever. Mm-mm. He started by inviting comedians on to apologize to them. Like for being an asshole in the '80s and stuff like that. He's like, I was on a lot of drugs. I just wanted to hey clear the air and talk to you and say hey, really sorry for being such a dick back in the day. And that would immediately like be like boom, disarm them. And like, so what's going on with you? And then we're just like, boom, what's marriage like? How's that going? Like, bam, 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 bam. Like not like not like attacking them, but like he would just really get in there and they would end up like telling these amazing stories. Wow. He just happens to be an awesome interviewer. Sip and Mimo is brought to you by Better Podcasts. <laughs> We those are WTF is what we are aspiring to be. Yeah, because we're gonna get Adam Driver in here. I'm gonna pick his brain. Uh, I I did I did just get a text. Oh, um, did you really? He's gonna be in the area. Why did he text you and not me? I mean, ugh, what? I don't know. We get, I don't know. I'm gonna text him right now. <laughs> I thought we were friends, buddy. You did you did wear the Kylo Ren helmet the first time you him. Yeah, he's just. I thought he would like it. <laughs> I'm clearly a fan. I'm clearly a fan. <laughs> but we will have him on the episode. Um, hopefully, hopefully in the coming weeks. We'll, we will see. Yeah, well, he, he'll, he'll be on there just to schedule everything. I think we I, we're, we're busy. We're, yes, you know. Uh, God, talk about Ellen. You know <laughs> what? <laughs> you mentioned Ellen earlier, mm-hmm. so you know. When are you going on Ellen? <sighs> yeah, we probably some time there for the break. What? Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was like this week or something. <laughs> Gotta, I've got to. I got to go on Conan and all that. Stuff. <laughs> it's just a pain in the ass now. I'm sick of it. I do. Uh, you're you're going to mention the podcast on your own. You're on Ellen. Oh, absolutely. We need some clicks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Um, we'll say. Do you need still? Ha- I, with the end of the year, I didn't get to watch Logan Lucky. Oh right, yeah. So, so we can't go road tripping today. Road tripping. We'll, we'll do that eventually. But I think your girl would like it. Watch it with the lady. It's it's like a it's like a comedy. Is it, is it comedy? Is it a heavy one? It's not heavy at all, really. I have no idea where I'm going. It's a good time. It's like a heist movie, but it's funny and it's like you'll get invested. It's cool. I was looking at his his like discography, man. Oh wow! If Adam Driver, <laughs> if Adam Driver made like music, something tells me he can sing. Well, he did. He had a vocal part in um, Inside Lewin Davis, and he's like really outer. Space. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Did, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I know Coen Brothers, right? So at one point, yeah. um, the titular 
Lewin Davis, mm-hmm. played by Poe Dameron, aka Oh yeah, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, who's so good and very intriguing man. So good. Yeah. Um, he gets a deal with Justin Timberlake, who's yeah. also a character in the movie. Sure. And he's just like Justin Timberlake's like, hey, I have a deal to record some songs with Columbia. You know, um, they'll pay you. They'll give you royalties. It's going to be a hit. It's going to be a hit. Okay. So they come in, and they meet Adam Driver, and Adam Driver's just like, Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm Adam Driver. Hello. Just like that. And he's like, okay. And he sits down, and they start singing. And the song's like a like a 60s, like, fluff song. And mm-hmm. um, Oscar Isaac hates it because he's, like, a poet, and he's, you know, he is a folk artist. But this song is very, like, it's about... JFK sending people into outer space. <laughs> I think the song's called Plead Mr. Kennedy. Um, and while they're singing the song, all Adam Driver does is he goes, five, four, three, two, one. And he, he just does like, <laughs> outer space. <laughs> That's all he does in the whole thing. It's just like, great session, guys. And just like, leaves. That's awesome. It's good. I'll have to YouTube it to you. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I, need to, I should just watch that movie, really. I don't know why I haven't. I think it might be streaming on Amazon. Really? It's good. It, it, I don't know. Maybe it looked like a musical to me or something. I was like, I don't have time for this shit. It's, it's, I love me some Coen Brothers, though. I don't know why I haven't. Yeah. It was like Coen Brothers and like folk music, and I love, I adore the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac is incredible. Like, that guy can sing, he can do it all. Really? He sings? Boy, oh boy. Um, it was done by like T Bone Burnett, who did like the music for Big Lebowski, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. And then um, uh, Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons. How about that? And his his wife, Carrie Mulligan. Hmm. She actually performs in the movie too. Cool. And like does like she sings she sings beautifully and I like that. It's I'll check it out. It's a I'll song it out. But so for next step. Yes. What are we doing? Um I think you picked first last time, right? Yeah. You picked yours? Should I go? Yeah. Because I was thinking. Uh sticking with the right decade. Because we're doing we do we be doing nineties. Yep. Ooh, okay. Well, this is late nineties, but I'm hoping you say corn's self-titled. <laughs> you can do that one. Oh yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah, that's how this works. <laughs> uh I think I'm gonna make you listen to uh um that's what I'm just trying to double check the date. Okay. Okay, June 22nd, 1999, the Chemical Brothers put out the album Surrender. Ooh. Chemical Brothers is a name I've heard thrown around. Wait, you don't know any chems? I do not know any Chemical Brothers. Hmm. I hope. Surrender? Surrender, yeah. Saved on the spots. Fantastic. Okay. Ooh, boy. We'll dedicate next week's episode to Surrender and then Logan Lucky. Okay. We'll discuss it. Awesome. Uh, well, I guess I could have... Man, oh man, they put, they put three albums out in the 90s. Okay. But what am I listening to? Let's see. Am I doing corn? I'll, I'll rock some corn. That's fine. Oh, man. Woo! You know what? I, I, I always found corn hard to digest. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you know what? I actually read an article about Korn's <laughs> first album. Oh, because I, I think it it might be the twenty or some insane number. Let me see. Number of what? Like years since it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, that first album came out. Sonder, Sonder just had a big anniversary, so that's why I was thinking of it. Oh, perfect. We'll do that. Well, so this one, Corn Self Title, came out in 1994. Okay. 26 years ago. So we're doing Corn's. I'm, I'm doing self titled. Yeah, you are. Interesting. For a couple of eps. Do you like a self titled album, or do you think that's like a cop out? Um, I think like if a, like a first album, yeah, is a good self titled. Okay, something about the self titled thing, just like here it is, you six, here it is, corn. Like we're probably never gonna do a second album, so who gives a shit? This is just us. It just seems uh, like they don't have enough confidence to come up with a cool name. I think, um, in terms of like Eve Six and Corn, I think they could have put out one album. That self-titled uh-huh. and like deuced it afterwards. Really? Because it all went downhill from there, or what? No, just because like those first albums like were so. They all had they they, they they both had like something something special to offer. You know, well, I think often with first, your first album, it's like you've been working on these songs for a decade, and like so you've you've crushed them. You know what works, what doesn't. You've got a bunch of B sides scattered on the recording floor, but you know like these ten songs are going to crush because these are our hits that we've been touring with and doing this and this. So let's record them, and this is our first album. Boom! And then like a year later, the studio is like, make another one. You're like, ah, shit! And that's why you have this sophomore song. Yeah, we're like in the five album deal. Oh, Ugh, that's ter- that's terrifying. Five album deal. Does anyone get that shit anymore? I don't know. I feel like, I don't feel like something. You know, I feel like with like it's all clicks now, dude. It's all downloads and blah blah blah. Yeah, with like the the um the, you know the rise of like SoundCloud. Or, I think yeah. it all really may have started with like MySpace. Well, it's the internet, like, man. Everyone, volume. people just you know, uh, and iTunes and all that. Like people don't necessarily want to download the entire album. Like I like the song. I like uh, you know. Inside Out by E6 or whatever I'll just get that and fuck the rest of these things I, you know I used to be at that but ever since I started collect, really collecting vinyl and mm-hmm. like really like not being forced but being like okay like I love this artist yeah you know like this is I I'm an album guy. I like a yeah. I love of, like give me let me sit with this guy for a while and let me get, like vibe on it because it's kind of like when you look at like a portrait, you know, and you like let's say you like one particular part of a portrait, like mm-hmm. you like a person's hand or mm-hmm. uh, the, the facial facial expression. Like yeah. when you buy that portrait, you don't get like a little like snip of that one thing. You you buy the whole you buy the whole portrait, mm-hmm. the whole eighteen by twenty four. Yeah, know? man. And I, as I've gotten older... Is this another episode of Good Observations with This, Dick? <laughs> this is 2020 Observations. <laughs> Hindsight is 2020. Um, you know, like, I used to be a singles guy, too. But then I, I started, like, when I really started trusting artists, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, letting artists, like, take me on a journey, take me on their journey to see, yeah. like, what, what they were experiencing. That started really becoming interesting to me, and... I started thinking like, okay, like the single's badass, but let's see what else was going through this through their through their minds while they were writing this one. Well, with electronic music and dance stuff, it's all singles. And like the album thing, it's good that we're talking about the '90s because there's a big boom of electronic music in the states, especially, and it was all albums. Like, so can can we get these? dance tracks from this European duo and put a cohesive album together because like, that's what the Americans want to buy an album 
<clears throat> this is pre-internet and all this shit. But but over there, they're like you know, Daft Punk is cutting a 12-inch of Defunk and putting it in record stores. I mean, now it's like a hit, and they'll put it on the radio maybe. But like, it's all about the DJs playing it in clubs, and the DJs don't want an album. They don't want an album to sort through. They want I want that track so I can put it in my mix. It's interesting. Yeah. I, with corn, with so for next week with corn. Yes. Uh, I think we should look for. Is this an episode of next week with corn? <laughs> this, <laughs> this, is a, this. This is. <laughs> um, I think it is. <laughs> uh, look, definitely check out. Listen to the like. The the drums. Okay. Um, I remember liking a lot of corn stuff. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, listen to, um, listen to the guitar work. Uh, the bass is really, oh, pretty much everything these guys were doing was so was so interesting. It was so different from. Were they? Did they? Did they have this thing where they uh, added another string to their bass? Yeah. Uh, bass and guitar. Bass and guitar. How would that? <laughs> does that work? It, it it gave them a lot on the, like the low end and kind of right. like, they were head and monkey the guitarist from corner we'll get more into this next yeah, next time but they were they were way more into like playing their guitars as if they weren't guitars they were very like effects driven very very like kind of percussive with the bass right like the bah, 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 like a lot of slapping on it yeah stuff. like I think Fieldy's gone on like record saying like I don't like the bass mm. like he's like I want to play the bass like yeah. who's, who's a guitar player with all the outfits huh oh, that's that's West Borland oh shit from Lip- 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 oops Lip- my bad but, <laughs> but don't worry three dollar bill y'all is coming oh boy okay and I even think Significant Other might be in the 90s too <laughs> I, I, I went I went to when I was I don't know I think it was in middle school I went to the Family Values tour I hate you dude because I wanted to see Crystal Method believe me I, you should hate me more because I didn't appreciate what was happening 98 uh, is it oh yeah but um I enjoyed Limbiscuit again has like a killer drummer and I like that West Borland dude he seems like a fucking weirdo and I'm into that and Corn just fucking shredded so it was it was fun it was I think Primus played that tour too right I don't remember that it was a long ass show so it was like oh, what's the other I think Stained <laughs> yeah up. I think Stained the Crystal Method Corn, and then I think Limbiscuit closed it out it was a silly, silly show. I was up in like a dumb box seat though, and like we had like me and my nerd friend camera with like with binoculars trying to zoom in on Crystal Method's stage setup, and everyone hated Crystal Method. It's a really electronic duo. You you might recognize them from the Spawn soundtrack. That's yeah. That's the name of the game. That's one of their low points. Whatever, dude. I promise. <laughs> that was, hey, oh, Crystal Method Vegas is coming. That's an album I'm gonna make you listen. To, and that's a dope album. That took Blade 2 to the next level. Next to me, That track came out like after the big beat craze of like Fat Boy Sim and all that, and it was just like way too late for them to be doing this kind of music, especially when they did all this like real, I don't know, druggy like dance floor stuff. But I digress. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there, folks. But yeah, well. So we hope. Uh, <laughs> 
Adam, if you're listening. Adam, if you're listening, please check Come on out the show, Adam. Corn and yeah. the Chemical Brothers for next week. Uh, yeah. We'd love to talk to you about it. Um, definitely check out Eve Six's uh, self-titled and Daft Punk's Home Homework. Yeah, do it. Uh, I, 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 like I, I totally pose your town. Um, listened to both really for the first time this week, and it was a very enjoyable experience. So, <laughs> I've actually been on the fence about buying that first Eve Six on vinyl because uh, I'm like, oh, I really only like Inside Out, but I think I might go track it down now. Get a cool like 45 of it or something. Of Inside Out, it's gotta be out there for summer for sure. What? Yeah. Uh, is that it? We good? Yeah. I think so this has been Sippin' Mimos. This is Sippin' Mimos. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. We did it. It's <laughs> a good app, dude. Great app. I have been singing that song. <laughs> <laughs>